pleasure. What a great crowd to come out here today for our couples talk about our exhibition, Computera. Um, but Good morning, Sleepy Town. I'm Matthew Moon, and you're listening to Art House Radio on 88.5 FM WCUG Cougar Radio. Right here from sleepy Columbus, Georgia, right across the tracks in the Carpenters Building on 9th and Broadway. Bo invited us, Sho and I, to the Compaterra talk today. And, you know, before we kind of get into that, we want to give you the normal quote of the day, word of the day. Sho, if you want to take it away. Yeah, so our quote of the day is from Carl Jung, Carl Jung, and the quote is, The meeting of two personalities is like the contact of two chemical substances. If there is any reaction, both are transformed. Carl Jung, Jung. And the word of the day today is internecine or internecine, depending on where you look up your pronunciation. And it is a word that basically means it is something that is destructive to both sides in a conflict, which we both thought was appropriate given the subject of the show, Compaterra, which uh, for you. Yeah, I was able to go to the Compaterra opening reception and Betsy put it so well where Compaterra is this sort of collaboration of, of maybe two people, generally a couple, and they come together and they, it's a competition of sorts, but a healthy competition where yeah. they're able to battle each other in a way, but both grow out of it and create better works and become better people, maybe. And I think that the word of the day today is meant to juxtapose what Compaterra is meant to go for. And that internecine, when we think about it, is something that is a conflict. That's something that we would think is competition, but it's destructive to both sides. Whereas Compaterra is meant to build, as you were saying. Right. So, you know, a toxic relationship. You know? Yes. Um, and I think if you haven't been able to go see Compaterra over at the bow, definitely go out there and just look at all the couples. They have their work side by side and you can see how they influence each other and how maybe their style is really uh, kind of twinned in a way. It's so interesting, especially when you he- when we hear this conversation, the way that they themselves are realizing it in the same way that we as viewers are kind of realizing it in that same moment. And it's almost this, uh, this mirror is being held up to their respective works in a way that maybe they haven't viewed it that way. Yeah, I'm definitely very excited, and I think maybe we should go ahead and get right into it before they get started. Tonight, we have six artists, and like I said, I'm going to give a brief, brief kind of overview of the bio of these artists, Um, and then I'm going to ask the first question, and the idea, hopefully, is I walk away, and they have a discussion about the work, about Computera, the idea of it, um, and, and, and they carry on, and we're, we, we're able to witness this roundtable discussion, and then you can actually ask questions, Q&A at the end. So that's the plan. But I want to start here, right here to my left, is Steve Mumford. Steve earned his BFA from the Boston Museum School in Tufts and MFA from the School of Visual Arts. In his depictions of ongoing American wars, Mumford traveled to conflict conflict-ridden areas such as Iraq and Afghanistan. And you can see these, this in, inspires his work. In his painting, he portrays moments of beauty, drama, fear, camaraderie. His work has been exhibited in galleries and institutions throughout the United States and Europe. 
Mumford currently teaches at the New York Academy of Art and lives and works in New York. So Steve is right here to my left. And his partner, Inka, Inka, Inka Esenhine, I'm sorry, I didn't say her whole name. Inka earned her BFA from Columbus College of Art and Design in Ohio. Um, actually, I'm an alum from Columbus College of Art. I wish I had some cougar name to say go, but I guess we could say go Buckeyes. Um, um, and her MFA is from the School of Visual Arts. Inca's paintings create lucid scenes in which the environment and figures coalesce. They are infused with playful, surreal sensibility with pristine, jewel-like, colorful, high-gloss enamel surfaces. Her paintings often reminds, remind the viewer of our fragile coexistence with na the natural world. Her work has been exhibited nationally and internationally, places like the Museum of Modern Art, the Royal Academy. Inca currently lives and works in New York as well. And then we have Betsy Eby. Some of us know Betsy, friends of Betsy. Betsy earned her BA in art history from the University of Oregon. Eby's paintings are influenced by Asian-inspired Northwest mystics and embody the diffused atmospheric fields and restrained palettes of the Pacific Northwest. Eby is, is a classically trained pianist. Her nature-based abstractions can be read as fusion of sound, color, and contemplation. Eby's work is held in many public and private collections, including the U.S. Embassy in Dubai, the Tacoma Art Museum in Washington, the Georgia Museum of Art up in Athens, and as many of you know, Betsy lives here and works here. Um, and summers on Wheaton Island when it gets too hot. So to, to Betsy's left, we have Bo. Some of you know Bo. The center, if you didn't know, is named after Bo. <laughs> um, Bo studied at the University of Pennsylvania and the Philadelphia, I did not know this, Bo, the Philadelphia Osteopathic, uh, the Philadelphia College of Osteopathic Medicine. I did not know that until I read the, your, your bio the other day. Um, he received a CFA from the Pennsylvania Academy of Fine Arts and a certificate of filmmaking from NYU. Bartlett's work builds on the American realist tradition of Homer, Hopper, Wyeth, and Rockwell. His large figurative compositions, and if you missed them, there are a few when you walked in, those large figurative compositions upend expectations with their terse psychological dramas. Bartlett has received several awards for his paintings, including the 1858 Prize of Southern Art, the Southern Arts Fellowship, the Pew Fellowship in the Arts. His work has been exhibited both nationally and internationally, and he is in numerous public and private collection. Bo lives here in New York, or in New York. It felt like New York for a second, just for a second. He lives here in Columbus, Georgia, and he summers in Wheaton Island and works there as well. And to his left, I was going to keep it in order, but I guess I can't. We have Kate, Kate Javins. Kate, who made this beautiful painting. I should have pointed out the work, but maybe you all will. The beautiful painting of the dog here in the exhibition. She attended Penn State University and the Pennsylvania Academy of Fine Arts. Her animal paintings contain metaphoric representations of American historical figures commemorated for their altruism and social activism. 
Kate is a Pennsylvania Council on the Arts Painting Fellow, a Pew Fellow, and three-time McDowell Fellow. She has, been exhibited, she has exhibited across the nation, and her work is held in notable collections across the country. Kate lives and works in Harlem, New York, and her partner over here to her left, last but not least, we have Wade Schumann, who studied in the foundation program at the, at the Rhode Island School of Art and Design and received his CFA from the Pennsylvania Academy of Fine Arts, influenced by the love of zoology, although I don't see it as much in this work. Maybe that, we could have that discussion. <laughs> his unsettling psychological paintings often contain, contain meticulous details of animals and capture the dual nature of life and death. Wade is a recipient of numerous um, um, significant scholarships and prizes, and he currently is the director of painting um, of the New York Academy of Art and lives and works in Harlem, New York. So please, let's give a hand to our distinguished guests. Give me a sunlight, tell me
We are so pleased to have you. And I'm going to go to my list of questions. And I, I told them, I said, so this is how this is going to go down. I'm going to talk for 10 minutes. I usually end up talking more. Sorry. Um, I'm going to ask one question, and then I hope to just walk away, and then you have a conversation. But I do have a list of questions if we get those awkward pauses along the way. So, but if you didn't know by now, this exhibition is about artist couples. <laughs> um, artist couples that each have their own internationally recognized art careers. Many are from New York or, and or represented by blue chip galleries in New York, and often they're exhibiting both internationally and nationally. This exhibition explores how couples influence and impact and even compete a little bit, um, but ultimately better each other, better their art making practice. So my first question is for the entire group, and maybe we'll let, I don't know, we'll, we'll let you all decide who answers this question. So the Latin word computera means to strive together. Um, how do you, as artists, couples, help each other strive together? And does computera ever um, even turn into competition? So. I don't know if that's a good opening discussion question, and after that, we'll move on. So, who's first? Take it, <laughs> I'll take it. So, uh, okay, yes, this is on. Um, well, how do we help each other? Um, I, uh, it's nice when we have a similar temperament, which, which we've, we do, but then we both come to the relationship and, and to the world with different strengths, and so, um, so it, it does, they, we help each other with our different strengths. I think Bo is more, Bo is very playful and childlike and uh, <laughs> free. And then I've, I'm by proxy, just by default, I think I've become the more structural of the two of us, which I was never structural before we got together, but I had to become a little bit more structural. Um, I think that we, <laughs> we, find, we find a balance. And as, in terms of, um, does it ever turn into competition? Yeah, I think so. Sure. I, you know, we're, we're, in the, we're in the world, you know, trying to be the best painters we can be. And we, when we got together, we joked that, you know, we want to be the best, um, the best, best painters in America in our genre. So because we paint so differently, it does kind of keep the competition um, at bay, really, because we're not competing in the same circles so much. Yeah, exa exactly. I think that we, because we don't paint uh, similarly, we paint differently, then we're both e able to go into each other's studios, walk in and say, um, you know, this is what you need to change without the other person taking it personally. You know, because we can see it um, in a more um, whole uh, than just like if, if we were painting exactly the same genre, the same style, I think it would be quick, more quickly to be, get defensive. But because we're, we paint very differently, when Betsy comes in and says something, I, I take it to heart and I think, oh, okay, I, I believe that and, and vice versa. I don't let her into my studio as much as she lets me into hers. I go into hers almost every day. I, I lock mine. Um, nobody, nobody comes in because I'm a little more temperamental, right? Because I take it more personally if something's not working. Betsy? Well, typically we, in, we um, have to invite each other into our studios. So. But no, I mean, like this season, we haven't been in each other's studios very much. But lately, because I'm finished with my body of work, you have been. But 
um, I need to invite him to come and, and do some crits, and he needs to invite me. We don't just offer it up. We wait. Yeah. Inka, you were going to talk? I wanted to say that we, too, we also have this. Uh, I, my studio and Steve's studio are right next door to each other uh, up on the fifth floor of a building up in New York City. And when you walk into the building and walk in, when you walk into our studio space, mine is open and Steve's door is closed. <laughs> so uh, and we also um, you walk into my studio all the, in and out all the time, and I am uh, only allowed to like knock and ask if I can come in. <laughs> so this comes down to temperaments, and Betsy was saying she and Bo have very similar temperaments. My wife and I have opposite temperaments. When Inca is working on something, she'll make a slight variation in the shape of a nose, and immediately she wants feedback. Uh, and she wants to know if this is great. So I'll go in and say, you know what? I think you really messed up that nose. It looks awful. And she'll then go into this sulk. I mean, she'll be actually viscerally angry at me. Um, so then I have to kind of pretend not to look at the painting so as not to draw any attention to it whatsoever. So we go through a lot of games like that. But I was just thinking about the competition thing. And I remember early on when Inka and I got together, um, New York has got a lot of temptations. And we had about a, I don't know, 10 minute walk to our studio through the East Village. Uh, and there was this great Ukrainian dive bar. And in an afternoon, I used to be so tempted to go in and get a beer, which sometimes I would do. But while having that beer and a cigarette, this was back when you could smoke in bars, she was working on her damn painting. I had to, so ultimately, my habits became better because I didn't want to be neglecting that time in the studio knowing that Inka was working on her work in the studio. So I think that there's, there's a, a healthy competition that happens when two people that are both really interested in their craft and trying to do the best they can are, they're both trying to get to their A game, so to speak. And you can't do that if you, if you allow yourself to get distracted. It's part of the reason why a lot of artists don't have kids. You know, kids are, are phenomenal. Our species would not continue without them. Artists have a certain special dispensation. We do have one. We, 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 did. we slipped. We slipped. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. Don't regret it. Um, anyway, I'm blathering. I've kind of lost track of where I, where I was going with all this. But I think that there is an aspect of healthy competition where you're both pushing each other to do the best work that you can. So, Kate and Wei, do you ever feel like you have to hold back in, uh, uh, amongst each other during a critique or when you're looking at each other's work, or do you feel that you have to really open enough that you can be honest? Um, I, I, I have to be honest. She's my favorite living painter. So, uh, not to be terribly corny, but it's really true. I really, really like her work. And for me, over the years, like, I feel with her work, she gets to the essence of a kind of feeling. There's no bullshit. Am I allowed to say bullshit? You can say it's, that. It's very, very sincere, and she has a kind of, like, uh, ability to hone in on just an emotive presence in her work. And I, you know... As an illusionistic painter, you can get hum, hung up on technical things and uptight about all sorts of aspects of representation. And like, so for me, she's really 
a beacon because she just gets to the point, you know? Um, and also, you know, as a teacher, I use her as an example all the time because everybody's uptight about color because we all secretly feel like we're not as good as color as we should be, right? I don't, Bo probably doesn't feel that way. He's really good at color, but, um, and I just say, look, my wife doesn't use color and she makes great paintings. Like there's, there's no moral obligation to be chromatic when you're painting. So I learn, I've learned a lot from her just working side by side. I think the other thing I'll say that it may be different than all of us, maybe Inkin and Steve, uh, I met her when I was 20, so basically 42 years ago. Um, and so basically I haven't been an adult artist without her there. So it's kind of hard to even separate that path separately from our relationship, if that makes any sense. Yeah, can I, can I go? I, I thought that um, when we first got together that it would be complicated to have two artists living together because I, I had been married before and I basically was able to just go off and do my thing all the time and, and not have that back and forth. But when we got together, my assumption would be that like, we'd be balancing these delicate temperaments all the time. But um, I remember when Betsy first came to the island in Maine, at the end of every summer, I would take my work off and put it in this uh, big marina hangar uh, in Rockland. And Andrew Wyeth would come over and I would give him a show of the paintings I'd done that summer. And um, when Betsy first came to the island, she brought her paintings as well. And so we gave him Andy and Helga a show of both of our paintings. And Andy went over... Um, separate from everyone else and leaned over my shoulder and he looked at, after looking at Betsy's paintings, he leaned over to me and he said, she's going to be good for you. <laughs> and I think that it was just about the freedom and the liberation and the letting go. I assume that's what he meant. changing planet Weather, land, ocean and air Population out of balance Wages world warfare Can we fix it with our
face to face with my love Finding recognition there We take comfort in one another Take time, take care Can we I think I was going to not say anything, but can you tell us? I mean, we look at these works and it, it, yours and Betsy's, for me, it took, when you said you were doing this show and you said, we're gonna, you're going to see how these paintings all relate, right? That how these couples are influencing each other, Mike. And I thought, well, yeah, I can see Kate, I can see, you know, I'm looking at the, the body of work. And then I said, but there's no way I'm going to see in yours. And then I saw these works together. and so. Can you go in a little more detail, Bo? How, or maybe Betsy, how have you been good to each other, and how do you think these works relate since we're sitting here in front of them? Well, I think this will surprise everybody, but we didn't, um, we chose these independently. I didn't know what he was choosing. He didn't know what I was choosing. And we didn't realize the similarity of the composition or palette until we were laying out the catalog. So it was a surprise to us as well. Yeah, we actually uh, had, we were lucky in some cases because we weren't able to choose the paintings. Like, in, for example, I think the Neo Rao was, that was the only painting he had available that we could choose. And so sometimes we were able to have two or three choices from artists and, and choose ones that worked together, but other times we weren't able to do that. So um, uh, it just, we were able to choose the Rosa Loy, but. Uh, to, and it did match perfectly, but sometimes it was just coincidence. And we were able to match up other people's paintings, but we didn't even match up our own. We just each had, that was the only thing I had available, and it was the only thing you had available. Yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah, that was the only thing I had in my studio. So, um, but I'll go back quickly, because, I mean, I, in a way, it's the same painting. It's like just two different interpretations of the same thing. I mean, two different ways of seeing the world, but the idea and the mood and the con uh, content is very similar, I think compositionally and tonally and colors. Yeah, I, I mean, I've, I'm, and I'm sure even Josh would agree with us and a lot of people and probably Juliana, we've all had this opportunity, those of us working on this exhibition, to really look at these works and, and realize how they all relate. But I will say, Inca and Steve, it's your two pieces that look really visually for me. And, and I'm wondering if you talk about that, maybe do you see them similar or do you see them different? Um, but to, to me, that like out of this show, they were the ones that looked the most visually divergent from one another, the ones that didn't seem to have this connection. I mean, like you look at the John Curran and Rachel Feinstein on the other side of the wall, you, you, you know what's going on there. You understand how they relate to each other. Um, and you know, and some are more abstract kind of relationships like this, but 
But those paintings, to me, I couldn't quite make that jump. And I, I wonder if you see them that way or if you look at them and go, I can see how Steve's influenced me. Like Ink is probably going, oh, because you even said something when we came in. I, how, do you, how come you see them so different? And I'm wondering how. Well, I was thinking that they seemed uh, no more different than, say, stylistically than, you know, Bo and Betsy's painting. But, I mean, yeah, you could say that these uh, feel the same way. They just look different. And I would say that Steve and I are very different artists with very different temperaments, different um, uh, goals for different strengths. Uh, and I almost feel that um, th there is almost a, uh, the, well, the way I would say it's like, I get to uh, be in my fantasy world <laughs> more completely because Steve is in the real world so much more completely. Uh, I, I don't know if there, there's um, any uh, truth to that. I mean, I'd probably like to think that I was just making the paintings that I meant to make. He's making the paintings that he's meant to make. But I do think of Steve and I as being very different people. So, but your earlier work was much more abstract in some ways. Yes. And then over time, you, you move towards more illusionistic or tactile description. Yes. Do you think that had anything to do with your husband or totally unrelated? Well, it's hard to say because, you know, I was doing that before I, um, you know, before I was abstract, I was also figurative. So you've moved in and out of it over time. I mean, yeah. When I met Inca, she was working a little bit like early Philip Guston, like the WPA stuff. So it had an illustrational component to it. But I've always thought of Inca as being, I'm not sure how to pronounce it, sui generis, made entirely of herself. Inca is one of these people who, while, diddle, while doodling on the phone, will just kind of come up with a form which is interesting to look at. Some people just kind of have that. I don't. I'm more of an illustrator. I need to have subject matter that I'm looking at. I kind of copy more than I invent, is how I think of myself. Um, and that's not, I'm not putting my work down, it's just sort of both, every artist has their strengths and weaknesses, and mine come from composing from things that I see in front of me, one way or another. And I, I think that Inca, whether she's working representationally or abstractly, is always thinking about form. She's a, kind of a formalist, and then how that cycles through her vocabulary of the human figure. So that's like when I said we're very different in terms of our personalities, I think that that's reflected directly in the work. I think probably in some ways of the three couples here, we share more of a commonality, not so much here, but in general in terms of iconography and certain interests. Um, yeah, but I think, you know, it's a little like, like these guys, like one person's strong suit is the other person's weak suit and back and forth. So, you know, I think that, that's complimentary and also inspiring. Like, I think that puts gas in the tank, in a way. The other thing is, I can say, it's not always easy or pleasant, but I totally respect her views on my work, right? So that's, that, you know, because ultimately, I totally trust her instincts as an artist, completely. So that's, that's actually really helpful. And I, and I don't, I don't know what you guys think, 
I don't think it's possible to be an artistic couple, in fact, if you don't believe that, in a sense. Completely. I think that would be the deal breaker. Yeah, you uh, have to completely be able to respect the other person's opinion. I mean, like, like, just take it to heart and know that you trust it. You know, you trust the opinion. Doesn't mean you always enjoy it. No, usually you don't. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, or agree, right? Or agree. Mike, you just said, or agree, which is important because, I mean, I generally won't let a painting leave the studio unless it has ink as sort of imprimatur. And, uh, and, and sometimes she'll say something about, let's say, a portrait, and I just can't, not only do I not agree, I can't see it. I guess that's the point. But I'll sit with it, and I'll even try to rework it, know, knowing that I can't quite see it, to see if I can start to see it as I work on it. Um, and so I, I heartily agree with what Wade said. I think it, uh, the marriage wouldn't work for me if I didn't feel like I actually needed your opinion regarding my work. Right, same with me. I, I would never leave, uh, let a painting, if you said, eh, that's not done, I, I would have to, you know, call it back and, and even if I didn't see it and I, uh, and I, and I cried and I was like, I don't get it. <laughs> and I get mad at uh, Steve. Sometimes I, I, I have, yeah, that there is sort of, um, I will actually stop, you know, and, and uh, like not let a work go out if, if they don't, if, if they think it's that bad. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, yeah, Bo, you said a while ago, um, Paint for love, or something like that. Didn't you say paint? Yeah. Something about yeah. Well, uh, yeah. Uh, it's a quote. I don't know what it is. Yeah. Um, I think that with every painting, when I'm finished with it, I stand back and I think, okay, would Bo love it? And if you don't come in and say I love it, and you say I like it fine, ugh. You know that that hurts. I like it fine. Yeah. 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 Well. Going back to inviting each other into each other's studios. So if I have to run in for, if I have to go into Bo's studio for something, you know, just to talk to him about something or whatever, and I know that he doesn't want my eyes on the paintings because he's talked about it, and so I give him that space and I don't come into the studio, but uh, I have to go in to do something. And I won't look, I won't look at the easel, I won't look, I can just, it's amazing how one can, you know, can, can hone your eye and not look at something. And he says, you didn't look at my painting, you don't like it, you don't like it. I think that we all put each other through the ringer. <laughs> and I think that... But, yeah, but, but, but in fact, I'm doing, but I'm trying to, you know, be respectful of what he needs. Um, so I think ultimately because I do respect Bo, and he's such a great painter, um, I, I, I do. It's similar, the stamp of approval before something goes out into the world. But, we, but there was a, finish, a painting I was finishing the other day, or I was about midway through just last week, and he came in and he said, I said, do you like it? Because instinctively, I knew something wasn't working. And um, it just wasn't feeling like it had a sense of inevitability to it. It felt too struggled for me. And Bo came in and he said, yeah, I like it. And you said, you really liked it, actually. And I just, uh, so I sat with that for a bit. And I, I scraped it all back and I reworked it. But 
it, you, so, sometimes it's a so little you're saying sometimes. if Bo says he likes it, you scrape it off. That, that's a sign <laughs> that you you, you got to start over. I have to ultimately really feel that the work needs to be on the planet. There are those pieces you know you're working on, and it does not deserve to take up material or space on this planet. And you know those paintings, and so you just got to chuck them. You, well, you did it all over again, and it was better. The, you redid the painting, and it was better. The good thing about having different ways of working is, I mean, I um, spent a long time, like, looking and thinking and years planning and, you know, all the studies. And so by the time I'm working, like, I'm pretty sure that I have it. Um, whereas you're much more free form and free flowing. And so I can go into Betsy's studio and say, you know, like, I don't think that little passage is working. And she'll go over there and just like take it out, you know, or like, or like, you know, make it better. And, you know, when she comes into mine and something's not working, it's like, it's just like life crushing because I, you know, thought I'd gotten it to the point before I ever even started painting that it all made sense and that it was working. So to take out a figure or something is like, um, yeah, that's why I go into a deep depression about it. But you're, you're so free. Betsy plays the piano. She goes back and forth from playing the piano to painting, and it's just like all, just like it just flows out of her like nature or something. It's a miracle to watch.
Well, Bo, and, and I, Wade, uh, you, you told me, and maybe you don't want people to know this, but I'm going to share it. <laughs> you told me that the flying man once had no pants on, and it was Betsy that told you to put pants on the flying man. <laughs> That's a true story. Yeah, I wanted, I mean, I wanted him to be nude, and I wanted him to be nude, right, you know, full frontal nude right in front of you there. Um, that was part of the idea. But Betsy, all the way through, kept saying, you know, you might want to put some clothes on him. Well, it was just, he was right there. It was just <laughs> so distracting. It was center. I have to say, it was front and center. So um, I didn't, I wasn't going to do it. I mean, actually, I tried. I tried to put, like, some underpants on him and stuff, and it was stupid. That was pretty funny. Um, but then, uh, not until I showed it to my gallerist in New York, and I said, you know, I'm going to be sending this painting to you. And he said to me, he said, uh, I have a hard time selling, um, you know, like full frontal male nudes. <laughs> and so I, Betsy said, put some pants on him. Wasn't that the way it was, it was? It was the end of the summer, and you know, because the way we work when we go, when we basically migrate to our other studios for the summer, I mean, you have to wrap up your body of work. Uh, and so we were like, I think we were leaving in three days, and we were packing up the, our place, and and you you were a little you were really kind of unsettled about it, and I'm like, that's okay, Bo. You know, we'll just you know we'll just bring it back and slide it in the racks, you know, and that did not sit well with you, and so um, you were you thought I'm gonna go I'm gonna go fix I I gotta go fix it I gotta go fix it, you know, three days before going, and he was walking out the door, and I said pants. Voila. Wade, you were going to say something, I think. I'm sorry, I cut oh, off. I was going to say, you know, one thing I think that is interesting that all, all of us live in different artistic ecosystems. And even, you know, in your career, you have different relationships with different galleries. You have, you know, like, uh, Inc. has had a very different, like, just artistic environment environmental career in, in the art world than Steve, for instance, and Kate has had a very different one than I have. And I think that also, that's also sometimes where tension can arise uh, because you're in a di different strategic moment with different things happening. And sometimes you feel completely like you're on your own in that, those situations. But I think that also gives space as well, because you're not, like I think it, it would be harder, I don't know what you guys think, if you were sharing a gallery, like the same gallery. You know, it doesn't mean that you don't, you know, at times do that, but I think that's a significant part of it. I think that's where the competera can turn into competition, is, is in those moments where, um, where the par partner is having just a real high in their career, and then, then that begs one to reflect on where they are with their career. And, you know, it's just, you have to reel that in and don't let that comp, you, you have to, tr you know, kind of flip that competition back to Compaterra. Because, you know, because you love this person and you want the best for them, and your feelings of inadequacies at the moment, you know, you don't really want them to get in the way of this of your partner really celebrating the highs that, he, that they're celebrating.
I think it's time to, to let the audience, let's give them a hand and uh, then let the audience ask a few questions. I know there's always somebody who's wanting to take the risk first. Who has a question for our artist? Uh, my question is for Wade and Kate, and it's less of art uh, and more of as a couple in your 20s starting out, did you share space? How did you do expenses? Like, how did you, I'm thinking starving artist and starving artist couple, I mean, that's got to be a very difficult situation. Do you, do you want me to answer? <laughs> There was a lot of drama. We were art students, so uh, I suspect some of these people may be art students. You know, there's a, always a lot of, of uh, high-octane emotive drama going on. Um, and uh, I don't think we, I, we could ever share a studio space. I think that would be not work <laughs> at all. Uh, and, you know, like, I, I'm in awe of these two that their studios are right there next. I mean, when I last, that was a long time ago, but it, there was an open space between them, right? Um, and I know artists that they literally work in one space together. I think probably if that was the case, one or both of us wouldn't be here. <laughs> we would be deceased. Um, so, you know, everybody's story is different, you know, and um, I come from a family of artists going back to the 19th century. So for me, I was always, I, there was never a decision I made, so that's who the, the person I, I was. Um, and I think, you know, I, I can't imagine either of us in any other way. Do you know what I'm saying? And I'm sure I'm explaining it. Here, you, you, you talk. <laughs> Wife, Many people have asked us over the years, oh, it must be so difficult to be with an artist. Is that hard? Is that hard? And I always thought, oh my goodness, it's just really the best. It really is the best. I can't imagine, I can't imagine having something else because the, there's so much understanding there. And also, um, I remember going to a commencement, Robert Hughes at Pennsylvania Academy of Fine Arts, and he stood up, and I don't think it was his quote, I think he was repeating it, and he said, he said, if you want to understand envy, live among artists, and I wanted to stand up and go, oh my goodness, no, every generous act in my entire art career has come from other artists and really being able to live with one I mean yeah I can't yeah that's the way I feel about it yeah there's a kind of empathy you know because the other person can understand your struggles so um, you know if, if you're not with an artist then they can just be like you know you're just so narcissistic or egocentric <laughs> or whatever but if you're with another artist they're like I completely get it you know normal. Yeah, it's normal. Yeah, you go do what you need to do, honey. Yeah, and to that, just go, you know, the way we weave through the world together, it's just, I mean, I think about how lucky I am every day to share this life. I'm so glad you brought this up to celebrate this because uh, to, 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 to live every day with Bo, I just, I feel so fortunate because we have so much fun and our conversations go to the best places and the most kind of obtuse places. And... Yeah, I, I, 
it's amazing. I, I don't think it's a struggle at all. Did you mean financially? You know, oh, that's a little bit of it. Yeah. Right. I think that the poverty would have been there no matter who you were with, though, or if you know, or you couldn't, you know. Not if you're with a doctor. Right. Yeah. Right. Not if you're with a doctor, but I mean, um, but then the doctor might divorce you anyway. So like, <laughs> like it, you know, you would have to always make it on your own anyhow. I think the two artists are not necessarily aspiring to, you know, putting down the mortgage for the house. You know, it's really about making time to make art. Um, so, you know, you stumble on these jobs, like we had this job at a place called Host Apparel, and we would make these um, display boards for the salespeople to take around. So you'd be cutting swatches and mounting them, on, you know, till like three in the morning. Do that for three weeks straight, and then you'd have enough money to paint, you know, for four months. I paid really well by the piece. So, and we'd pass this job around to all our friends. So, you know, you have this community. It's not just you, of course, and your significant other. It's everybody you know. Um, likewise, you get a dealer to come over to your studio. You have an agreement with your studio mates. If you bring somebody over, see if they want to see your, your studio mates work as well. And I got my first show by somebody who came to see somebody else's work. So that aspect of sharing is just really, really key to being a young artist. You know, and, and yeah, young starving, but also young inspired and, and hungry. And that's hungry in an ambitious sense. Yeah, it's great when um, uh, Betsy and I have very different clients, you know, because the work is different and they're in different kinds of homes or whatever. And so it's really great when um, all of a sudden one of her clients, you know, wants to buy something of mine or vice versa when one of my clients decides to, you know, bring one of Betsy's into their collection. So that, that's always like the highest, you know, competitor. Like, yes, we did it, you know. Yeah, that was cool. I can add something. Um, also, I have a career as a musician, so that's a whole other side of my life that I'm very lucky that Kate supports it, um, but she, <laughs> she, she doesn't hear it, she, like rehearsals, and she's very, uh, I have my own life, and when I'm out on tour, she puts up with that. I think, you know, I'm gone a lot touring, and she's put up with that for like 20 years. So one thing I see in musicians, because very often they're musician couples, that doesn't work out so well. Because, in fact, usually, uh, just musical groups don't last very long, very short amount of time. So musical couples, I think very frequently, things fall apart pretty rapidly. But the thing about being painters is you're still independent. You're still working in your studio, your own work, as opposed to the communal aspect of being a musician. So in that sense, you have both work together, but you still have privacy in the act, unless you're collaborating and there are famous, you know, like, uh, you know, artist couples who worked entirely together. Christo and Jean-Claude. And also, um, uh, what's his name? The one who was buried in the Cadillac installation. Uh, Keenholz. Oh, Ed really? and Nancy Keenholz. Okay. Yeah. I mean, we've collaborated a few times on a few paintings. Um, but I think one of the things is that we uh, celebrate each other's uh, side projects and things that we know aren't going to make any money whatsoever because you have to keep beginner's mind and we know that we have to keep beginner's mind. So, you know, when, when Betsy's doing something that I, I know is not going to bring in money, she can play piano for hours and hours a day and, or I can like 
be going off doing art house radio or something, some side project. You know, she knows it's not going to like you know bring money in ever, but you want to support the other person's creative life, and that other thing feeds them. So the music feeds the art, and and these other projects feed the art. So uh, there's a lot of understanding the need for to to continue to grow and have beginner's mind in projects and things that we do. Thank you all. Thank you to the artists. And that does it for another Art House Radio here on 88.5 FM, WZUG, Google Radio. We heard a wonderful, wonderful conversation today, and we want to thank all of the artists, and we want to thank Bo again for inviting Sho and I out here to hear all of these great conversations. I'm going to give you a quick uh, rundown of what we heard, the music we heard throughout the show. We heard a song from Soul Rising, Yale Naim. Then we heard Mia Doitat. And then we heard Dimitri Matheny. At the beginning, we heard the classic Frolic by Jake Xerxes Fussell. And behind us now, as usual, is Pup Shalom by Him For Her. We also want to remind you that you can go to arthouseradio.com for the full breakdown of the music we play and all archive shows. We also want to Reminds you that Compatera will be in the Bo Bartlett Center for a little while longer. And you can go there Tuesday through Saturday. It's free admission for everyone. So get out there. It's in the Corn Center um, on Front Avenue, I think. Um, and of course, we want to thank Bo again for allowing us out here. And we want to thank Sho for being a great person. <laughs> I'll take that. Yeah. Thank, thank you. <laughs> I, I, didn't you. Say, I didn't say producer extraordinary. I, uh, yeah. I it's a great person. I got a p- title bump. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I won one up. Uh, well, again, I'm Matthew Moon. Thank you again for tuning in. Stay tuned for Sounds of Art House. Mm-hmm.